Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, parents. Welcome to episode number 154 of the Wonder of Parenting podcast. My name is Tim Wright. I'm here along with Dr. Michael Gurian. Michael's coming to us from Spokane, Washington. I'm coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, as we record this, we are both in the midst of heat waves. Uh, I'm guessing it's still a little warm up there in Spokane. Yeah, today we're lucky. It's going to be in the, you know, 88-ish. But yeah, we've been having the 100 to 112 and it's Woo. coming back. Hundreds coming back in a few days. Oh my goodness. That's well, hot for us. Yeah. Well, then I'm coming up there. I was hoping to come up and cool off. I don't think I'm going to be cooling off, am I? Um, you're coming up. Yeah, you're coming up for a Helping Boys Thrive uh, in four days. I think it's going to be like 94 when you're here. Do, do you have air conditioning in Spokane? Well, that's the problem with Spokane is only about half the city has air conditioning. And so when it gets over 100, it's really problematic. Yeah. But how the about, hotels have air conditioning. How about plumbing? Indoor plumbing. <laughs> oh, it was a joke. <laughs> Keep me focused. Yeah, no, we have we got indoor plumbing about five years ago. <laughs> oh, oh, well, good, excellent, excellent. Well, I love Spokane, so I'm I'm looking forward to being up there with you and and all the folks up there in the Spokane area. We've great. got a a really interesting topic today. Uh, I don't know that we've actually dived deep into this one, but it's one that that just lives around the edges all the time, especially when you think about. Uh, violent video games and what impact do they have, uh, particularly on our boys who tend to play them more than girls. And so we're going to look at a, a question that came to us from Facebook. And the question has to do with violent play, violent storytelling. And does violent play and violent storytelling uh, perhaps lead kids to become violent kids or violent adults? And I, I know there's a lot of really good discussion around that. We're going to get to that in just a couple moments. Uh, but first, we, as always, we want to say a special thanks to those who make it possible for us to come to you week after week, uh, free of charge, with all this great information that Michael has for you. And uh, Michael, tell us first of all about the Forge School. Yes, the Forge School in Benton, Tennessee, rural Tennessee, 55 acres on a river. It's uh, adventure therapy. It's a residential treatment, so it's for boys 14 to 17 who are having issues, issues in school, issues uh, in life. And um, it's moving now toward a short-term model, six weeks to two months oh. uh, model. Yeah, they're moving to that Interesting. model. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and they say that insurance covers. I mean, I don't know people's insurance, but... But if you have a son or know a boy who's, um, you know, who's, who's struggling and he's 14 to 17, go to the wonderofparenting.com and check out the Ford School and click that, and then the folks there can help. Very, very good. And then, of course, uh, our longtime sponsor, Greg Jance, Dr. Greg Jansen, is his crew up there, his team at the Center of Place of Hope, and that's in the Seattle area. And they offer inpatient care on all kinds of issues and, and a lot of uh, written resources. We say this all the time. Greg is a prolific author and really knows how to take 
very difficult emotional issues, physical issues, mental issues, and distill down in his books ways for us to get a handle on those things. So if you're looking for some help in some way, shape, or form for you or people you love, uh, again, if you go to wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com, you'll find links to the Center of Place of Hope. You'll find a link to the Ford School. You'll find a link to all the other different resources that we provide for you to help you in the adventure of parenting. So I want to get to our question for today. And uh, when I printed it out, it printed out so small, I think actually I could get the whole question on the head of a pin. So I've got my <laughs> extra strong readers on today uh, to to read this question for you. And um, I'm really looking forward to the discussion on this today. Our son, four, has always been rambunctious. We've always tried to nurture aggressive ag- aggressive play and always welcomed that with appropriate boundaries. He loves play fights. He loves to win. He loves tackle play. But recently, he's been interested in weapons, water guns, sword fighting, etc. He's very verbal and always has been and will narrate these long stories to himself about fighting bad guys and then being killed. Or in them being killed, sorry, killing them. Uh, We are pretty nonviolent family. We try not even to kill bugs in front of our kids. So I'm trying not to overthink this, but should I be worried? Mm -hmm. And so uh, the context here, of course, is violent play, violent storytelling. Um, It's from a boy perspective, but I'm sure that you'll have some things to say about girls. And and we could also throw in violent video games uh, into that. So, Michael, initial thoughts on this topic. Yes. Uh, well, let me ask you, before initial thoughts, are we then going to later connect it with the rap rap music and the question about violence in music? Yes. Yes. I think that would okay. be great. Yep. All right. So I'll, I won't do that yet because then we'll read that one. Um, I, there is a lot of violence out there. I mean, to this mom, I mean, the first thing is just to give relief that no violent play. This isn't violent, really. It's aggressive. And if it's fantasy violence, if we want to use the word violence, um, but he himself is not violently killing anyone. He's not violently destroying anyone. So, you know, I I want to use the word violence loosely because it's really more aggression, nurturance, it's storytelling, it's good versus evil, it's uh, moral development, it's character development. You know, every time he's the good guy fighting against the bad guys and then killing the bad guys, that's that's moral development. You know, that's character development. He's he's sorting through good and evil and he's putting himself on the side of good and all of those things. So um, so we're seeing violent play, but I want to put that an asterisk on that. And then <clears throat> the turning things into weapons. Uh, that's pretty common for uh, these sort of aggression-nurturing four-year-olds. Girls can do it too, no doubt, but we've talked in previous podcasts that it's mainly a boy thing because of the the testosterone and then also the uh, the spatials on the right side of the male brain. So much of what he's doing at that age is moving objects through space and and uh, that kind of a rough and tumble play, you know, which will include this. And then he he models weapons from somewhere. Um, he could have older siblings who are playing video games. He could have modeled off that. Um, he could have modeled off of older siblings just the way they played, uh, what what they talk about, or somehow, right, TV, movies, whatever it is, he has seen this, these weapons. And so he, his spatial brain and all of that, it's all kind of working together. And he's, he's um, turning twigs and everything into weapons. So this kind of play does not necessarily lead Uh, and in most cases does not lead to violence. Uh, I I would say, I could say in 100% of cases, 
absent what I'm about to say, it would not lead to a violent sociopathic uh, adult. If the child has been through you know, significant trauma, we've talked about this before, what causes violence in, in males? Significant trauma as they become older that is stored and then acts out. Fatherlessness, lack of attachment, lack of secure attachment in the early years of life. You know, these are the things, um, uh, and then in, in environmental toxins, those are the things that affect the cells, affect the brain, and later you get a 15 or 18 or 25-year-old who is violent. It's not this play that causes that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. Uh, there are so many really interesting layers in what you've said. And and I, I want to start with the uh, the moral development that's going on when he plays out these games or he is telling these stories. Because, again, we, we in our society in particular, because our society tends to be so violent, we just label violence as violence, but there's something else going on here. He is he's grappling with uh, in, in in this boy's case, really, I think we could say he is grappling with at his very young age what it's going to mean to be a good man as he grows up and how to make good moral choices. and And I, I think of all the really great books uh, that uh, boys and girls read the 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 quest stories, the Lord of the Rings. Uh, the Hobbit, uh, Percy Jackson, Harry Potter, uh, Star Wars movies, even all the comic books that kids are reading. These are, in a sense, violence stories because they're, there's killing and so on, but they're good and evil stories about moral development and choosing the right side, and that's what's going on for this boy. That's right. Yeah, uh, if people are interested, I wrote a book uh, about 14 years ago now called The Purpose of Boys, and uh, you can get that at Amazon or anywhere, and it really goes through this whole thing of of, of how this is part of moral development and um, and character development, even including video games. Now that doesn't mean that the that the parents, you know, if they get to a point where they're like, okay, this is too much for us, then they can cur- curtail. They can say, okay, let's not play that now. Let's read a book or let's I'll read you a book. You know, they should follow their instincts on whether they're seeing it just going too far. Um, that's that's a far that's very good. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is part of moral development, and kids have those movies are fantasy violence, and fairy tales do the same thing. And kids yep. throughout time have uh, honed their swords, let's say, and developed their character, and for males, some of their masculinity, in part by uh, looking at the warrior and assigning the warrior archetype, let's say, being Jungian, assigning the warrior archetype in themselves to the good, to the good king, and. That's what, you know, almost all those stories are about. 
Yeah, it is so fascinating uh, to, and I want to hammer that point home for for parents to recognize again that when their boys in particular are telling these stories or acting out these stories or are drawn to these stories, whether, you know, right now it's uh, the MCU, the, the Marvel uh, Universe, and stories like Loki or, or uh, Captain America or Thor, the, these are in many ways moral development stories for our boys, yep. and we shouldn't necessarily be afraid of them. Right. Yeah, we can correct a behavior if we don't like a behavior, uh, yep. but no, we don't have to be afraid of. Of. Yeah, and I, I think some sometimes the, the the it's the gratuitive violence that that troubles us, uh, where it's just violence for violence' sake rather than violence that happens out of the result of this epic battle between good and evil, which is what our our kids are grappling with in their lives. Um, I, th- this is risking a stereotype a little bit, but um, our mutual friend, I think you know him better than I do, obviously, but Michael Thompson has talked about this. Um, and, and he said, you know, sometimes girls will have a tendency to pretend that they're princesses. And he said, the chances of a girl growing up to be a princess because she pretended to be one are pretty small. And the same is true with boys whose fantasy life, uh, it tends to revolve around, um, these battles of good and evil, uh, Batman versus the Riddler or whatever it might be. And, and so, um, I, I think it's really good. Uh, advice for us to remember these are moral development stories but but what are the things that you would look for as a parent to say all right I think we've we've crossed a threshold here a little bit from good moral development stories to maybe this thing's getting a bit out of control well yeah I I think every parent follows their instinct there is no expert line for this like there's nothing I can say that this is always the line Right, because the constellation of people in a family matter, the sure. way that the siblings treat each other matter, and and is this an only child? You know, all all these things matter. But so what I would say to the parents is, uh, talk together about this, and even in the extended family, everyone talk about it, and come up with the line that's going to work for this family, and then make that line about values. Um, you know, because that's what we. The boy's already trying to learn moral development, so we parents are going to be giving values, giving our values to that child. And so let's make the values, make the line on a certain behavior that we don't think fits our values. Not the fantasy play is okay, it's it's all right, but here's the line. You know, you can't cross this line, son. So let's say this four-year-old, let's say the line for these families is he can make believe on all those things, but he he cannot take a, a stick and hit his mother. Right. 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 Uh, even though he's trying to get his mom to play that, that's still a good line. You know, you can never hit a living thing. OK, you can never hit a living thing. Those are the values in our family. Uh, you cannot hit a living thing. So uh, maybe he hits, tries to hit a plant or a cat trying to, to play with them. No, our line is you don't hit a living thing. So that I would say everyone should find their line after discussion with each other. This is a development phase of developmental phase of parenting, right? Didn't need it when the child was two. Now the child's four. The parents are developing just as the child is developing. And so now they cross this, this bridge together and set the line and then hold the child to the line. My uh, 10 year old grandson who um, he has some uh, he has some learning challenges. He has some anxiety challenges and so on. But uh, the last few days, he has been creating this great big scavenger hunt for his cousins. Mm. And he's been working with grandma on it. And one of the things that he wants to do is his mom has, had bought these really long glow sticks. They're they're fairly thick, and they're the kind that you pound in the ground. And 
he said at the end, I want to hand one out and have sword fights. And my wife was really hesitant about it. And I said, well, I can't tell if it's a good idea or not, but it's kind of a boy thing. You know, he, he mm-hmm. wants to do something active. He wants to do good versus evil. And he's really into Marvel comics. I said, this is just a part of moral development for him. It's not about being violent. And, and we, we have to sort of figure out ways to navigate all of that. You know, what's, what's the appropriate uh, play, rough and tumble? Uh, you know what you said, who, who are you allowed to hit, who you're not allowed to hit? And, um, and those are the things that we as parents work through. And that's a part of the moral development then that comes with these storytelling and that kind of fantasy play. Yeah, yeah. Development is a key word. Everyone is developing here. The child and the parents and the grandparents, everyone is developing together. And so kind of setting lines that work for everybody and listening to every voice on it and and then setting a line. And then two years later, going to have to set a different line, right, as everyone develops. So it sounds like you guys are doing it a great way. So let's take it. Uh, we, we've talked about this before, but I think it's good to bring this back. Um, what about these violent video games that um, boys more than girls tend to be playing, although girls I know do play them? Um, does that have uh, any impact? Because now it's not really play in, in the terms of boys using their imaginations. Now they're seeing it online they're participating in it. They lop a head off and the blood spurts out. It becomes a bit more graphic. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the difference, if there is one at all? Is what, what should parents be concerned about with that kind of violence? Well, it's also developmental. I, I, I am, as you know, I'm really protective of that growing brain. <clears throat> and, I, I, you know, if we've got a, if we got a 12-year-old or 13-year-old playing those video games... That's different than an eight-year-old. I mean, I do not think that eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds should be playing those video games. As we get into the older, you know, into the teen years, then yeah, and there more brain brain development has occurred, more moral development has occurred. There's a greater ability for the brain, you know, it goes through the pruning phase, and now we're at 14. Uh, that one big pruning, it's always pruning, but that big pruning phase between 9, 10, and 13, 14. You know, by then, now we're 13, 14, and we're we're playing video games, and we it, it, that's different than at eight. So the first thing I would say is uh, keep the kids as much as possible at the younger years o- away from violent video games and and you know really violent horror films and those things. Um, uh, that would be number one. Number two is as they get older, they tend to gravitate toward them anyway, um, and so then it's a matter of talking to them about it, checking in with them playing some of the games with him, which often fathers and sons do, where the father, you know, is the adult and he's playing the game. And if he if he sees one with the kid, uh, you know what, I don't want that in your life. Um, you know, he's the father. He, the kid doesn't play that game. And and so there's still some monitoring uh, and no, no, viol- no video games on school nights, you know, just no video games on school nights. That's just a really good rule because they invade um, uh, they invade cognitives, you know, they invade academic work and schoolwork and homework and so on. So uh, so those are, I've got a lot of that in Saving Our Sons and I've divided up by age groups. So depending on the person's age, you can look at that with some kind of cardinal rules of dealing with video games over the years. But those are those are some big points I would make. Um, the I, I don't think we can argue uh, that that a vi- that playing a violent video game then makes the kid a murderer later. Th- there is right. there is not proof of that. What right. we do know is that that the playing of video games 
increases, you know, ADD, ADHD type stuff, um, uh, messes up with schoolwork, messes up with, can mess up, mess up relationships. Um, but it, it, interestingly, maybe people think it's counterintuitive, but interestingly, the only kind of proof we have that it affects aggression is that kids who play violent video games are a little more aggressive for five, 10 minutes after they stop the game, but not violent, just a little more aggressive. And then they calm down. That would make sense. Uh, but we, we don't have proof that the video games made them violent. I The reason I want to curtail the video games and do it developmentally is because of all those other issues that are, sure. are developmental problems, your brain issues. Yeah. I You know what? I, I see that even with my grandkids, they may not even be playing violent video games, but once we try to get them off the video games, they just get aggressive uh, because they're all those things going on in their brains are so connected at that moment to the video that they, they just don't want to stop and do what they need to do. So um, maybe it's not just a violent video game. Maybe it, part of it is the nature of uh, being on screen so much. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, some of it is that, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so l- let's say one more time then. Um, we're going to be talking, we're going to do a whole podcast next week on teenagers. Um, so this is probably a little bit more for, for uh, parents of older kids, but it fits well with this whole idea of violence and filling our brains with that kind of stuff. So we had a mom who wrote in about her teenage son listening to music that she believes is not healthy for him. Um, it's, uh, it's music that has a lot of sexual images. It talks about uh, drugs. It's violent. It degrades women. Uh, it's uh, got a lot of profanity in it. And um, interestingly, she, he, he says that he can listen to it and it doesn't impact him. Um, she's afraid that it does because it's just putting stuff in his brain. And, and I remember years and years ago, we're old enough to remember when rock and roll was coming on the scene and we had Elvis Presley and and the Beatles and our parents were really concerned that uh, our brains were going to turn to mush and um, I remember a guy came into our school I was in a Christian school so this guy came into our school to talk about the music we were listening to and the lyrics and the big discussion afterwards was do we really listen to the lyrics or are we just listening to the music but then when you started throwing lyrics out kids could tell you the lyrics from all the songs even though they maybe weren't aware of the fact that they knew the songs. Right. So what is the role of, of music, particularly music that is violent or degrading to women or has a lot of sexual content to it, profanity? How does that work on yeah. the brain? Yeah, I worry about it. I, you know, music is a whole brain activity. It really, a lot, lot or the whole brain lights up. And um, 
and so it gets in there and then and now now the music she's referring to she's referring to pretty hard rap music uh that yep. that music is it is different than elvis it is different than led zeppelin <laughs> yeah. uh you know uh, for me my favorite band was led zeppelin and i remember um I remember people, they had some sexual lyrics, you know, and I remember someone, I don't think it was my mom, but an aunt or someone was, you know, saying, well, don't let him listen to that. And I barely understood it was, it was, and it was very tame. But now, so now, you know, I listen to this music and I'm like, wow, uh, I don't want to be the old guy and I don't want to be the old white guy. You know, I think, I think that we have to be really sensitive to the fact that this is cultural, that rap music comes out of a culture. And that's a culture that's really valuable for us all to understand. And it's not just one culture, but cultures, right, that are coming through music. So I think that's all really good. But at the same time, every parent, you know, no matter race or whatever, every parent has a right to say, uh, this does not fit our home. And if if the mom and the dad, you know, if they say, okay, the, that song right there, uh, we can't have that in our home. And here's why. It makes a really good explanation and says, this is our home. And, you know, we're not going to let someone walk in and say these things at our dinner table. Uh, doesn't fit our values. So that you can't have that in our home. The boy will probably go find it elsewhere. Uh, but at least they've set the line in their home and explained why. I think that's kind of all that we can do. Uh, just because it's it's so prevalent and rap music is it's very powerful music. So um, yeah, right. yeah, I think I, I think stick to their guns in terms of what they don't think is healthy, uh, especially in their own home. Um, but will will that rap music, you know, cause that boy to go out and be a rapist or something? No, no. I mean, there's no proof of that. Uh, right. And we don't want to be laying that on it. But we do get to have our values as parents that we get to have. And so we can draw lines. Yeah. And I think you said it earlier when dad is playing the video game with his son or with his daughter, these are teaching moments. Or when I'm watching, uh, say a Marvel movie with my grandchildren and there are things that are there that, Oh man, I don't know if I, they should have seen that. And just to pause it for a moment, say, okay, let's talk about that for a moment. Um, what did you see? What are you feeling? Uh, and the same with music. Uh, and and uh, even if it's just to say, tell me what you like about it. Tell me what, why you want to listen to this music, and then let me tell you why I'm I'm troubled by it. And let's let's try to meet somewhere in the middle and, and see if we can figure out what our values are together. These are good teaching moments for parents. The difference between when you and I grew up and children growing up today is it's everywhere and it's available whether moms and dads know about it or yep. not. So it's just a different world. Yeah. And, and it's much, much harder to control. Oh, yeah, and we've talked about porn. It's the same thing. I mean, we, we don't want it in our yeah. home, but, boy, it's everywhere. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I, I remember, uh, so, so this will really date me, and nobody who's listening to us will even know who I'm talking about, but, but uh, my wife and I, uh, Jan, we were dating when Barry Manilow started becoming a huge pop star. And uh, I remember listening to one of his new albums, and there was a song on there, Why Don't We Live Together? Oh, uh-huh. uh, just the two of us. And I'm I'm in a, I'm growing up in a Christian home where, you know, you get married uh-huh. first. And I remember my mom's friend saying, how can you listen to that? That that's just, just going to it's just going to destroy your life. You're going to choose the wrong values. Well, it was just a nice love song. Right. right? Uh, but that's a lot different than, than the music my grandkids have access to today. And uh, and that and that's the challenge as well, that that every generation we just seem to go 
further and further into pushing boundaries. And that's where the job of parents and grandparents and faith communities, others say, yeah, let's talk about some some boundaries and let's make sure we maintain our humanity. Yep. There, there you go. Beautifully said. Yep. So um, hopefully this has been helpful for those of you listening. And uh, I uh, again, I pulled this question off of our Wonder of Parenting Facebook group. And uh, we've had a number. We've probably had 40 or 50 people in the last week join that group. We're well over 1,000 now. We'd love to have you. Uh, you can participate if you want. You can read the questions. You can read the answers. Uh, for the most part, uh, I do very little interacting with it. I just let you as parents talk through these issues, and I'll grab some questions once in a while. So just go to Facebook and do a little search of Wonder of Parenting. Ask to join the group, and I'll let you in. And um, so a number of the questions that we're going to be using here over the next few weeks came from our Wonder of Parenting page. And it's a closed group, so it's just those of you who are listening to the podcast. If you do have a question you'd like to send to to us uh, without everybody on Wonder of Parenting seeing it, you can send it to wonderofparenting.com. Wonderofparenting.com. There's a, a submission form there. You can send your question. Our podcast is really built on your questions. And so if we can help you in any way, you've got a question, um, we will do our best to get it in the queue and answer it. And if we've already answered the question, well, we may send you to an older podcast or we may say, you know, it's a good time to readdress, uh, readdress that question. So uh, please send us your questions either on our Facebook page or wonderofparenting.com. Well, Michael, as always, thank you very, very much for oh, your time. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Great questions. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Next week, we're going to do a whole podcast on teenagers. Everything you need to know about teenagers in 30 minutes or less. Can okay. you do that, Ooh, Michael? Yeah, okay. I'm prepared. All right, do some thinking about it. All right, we'll see you next week, folks. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.